0: Hi everyone, I'm Jason Scores and welcome to another episode of Dispatch from the Zombie Apocalypse. I hope everybody is doing great. Today's episode is entitled Biden's re-election and the long game, and I'm going to return to some, you know, larger themes that aren't specific to recent news events, which is what I prefer to speak about, you know, kind of just thinking little things over the next few years, decades, you know, larger paradigm shifts that we need to make, but you know, it's been so much intense news that's so relevant and important in the immediate term that I've been speaking a lot about that and probably will be in the coming months and years. And in fact, I would be remiss if I didn't at least mention two current events, one of which will relate back to some of the longer term topics, but one you know, that's just uh, something that still we need to just pay attention to. The first one, which again will relate to something longer term that I'll talk about in a few minutes is just more and more coming out about the insane corruption of Clarence Thomas and his MAGA whore freak wife, Ginny. And again, you know, I'll just say what people on the right who are sane and who are logical and not hypocrites are saying, just imagine if this was a liberal justice, if you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, while she had been alive, or right now, Soda, Sotomayor, Sonia Sotomayor, was a, you know, receiving money from a big liberal donor. Let's say George Soros, been getting hundreds of thousands of dollars, and then their spouse was getting money from George Soros. The right wing would be apoplectic. It would be plastered on Fox News. They would be calling for the immediate resignation and impeachment. And yet, of course, these same hypocrites, liars, and frauds are trying to defend Thomas because he's, you know, he's the, the biggest white supremacist in the country who will give them and has given them everything they wanted. I mean, everything and more. Everything for corporate profit, destruction of the environment, destruction of voting rights hating on gays, taking away women's rights. If there is something fucking horrible that you want in the U.S. legal system, Thomas is your guy. And so they're going to go to the mat for this fucking monster. But again, the corruption is so insane. And, you know, this is a nice bookend for his career, right? He started his Supreme Court career being exposed for a liar and a sexual harasser. And now he'll end his career In infamy, as just entirely thoroughly corrupt and without scruples and morals and principles. Now, at some level, he doesn't give a shit. He's an evil monster and he probably gets off on the fact, like, hey, fuck you, I have all this power. You can't touch me. But also, I think part of him still probably to be exposed this gratuitously in public and your wife being exposed as a kind of seditionist, insurrectionist, and you know, and on the take of these just horrible right wingers, you know, it probably gets under his skin a little because he's a thin skinned coward. Um, So I'm happy. I hope he loses some sleep over this. I hope he suffers from this. But this just goes to show again that the courts are a freaking mess and the Democrats need to figure something out to reform the courts. And I'll circle back to that. The other issue is, of course, this debt ceiling standoff that, you know, if Janet Yellen is right, you know, is coming down to the wire in the next few weeks that, you know, with the Republicans literally, right, one of the two major parties of the United States willing to destroy the U.S. standing in the global financial system, tank the economy, cause millions of jobs, hundreds of billions in lost value to just make a political point. I mean, this is how fucking evil and sick these people are, that they're willing to just send us off a clip, which means the Democrats better have something in store. And there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. I'm not going to talk about all the details. If you're interested, go check out Paul Krugman. He's had a bunch of pieces. And you go check out his Twitter. He's been writing about this. Josh Marshall on the Josh Marshall podcast had a whole thing on this about all these different potential executive treasury actions they could do to kind of circumvent the debt ceiling and get around this hostage taking. And I really hope Biden does this. I really hope he just says, fuck you to McCarthy and these lunatics and just takes into his own hands and gets this off the table. Because the thing is we need to just eliminate the debt ceiling as an issue. So if he can just neutralize it and show that hey you guys can't take us hostage, and then they can't keep using it. Because remember, this is just going to be continually used forever by the right wing. If And this is why, by the way, Biden and the Democrats are right not to negotiate. The big mistake Biden made was to, to negotiating over the debt ceiling in 2011, and that really hurt the Democrats, hurt the economy, and then has created an incentive to continue this hostage-taking. So it needs to end once and for all. I have no inside knowledge of how they're going to do it. I know what the options are. But, you know, buckle up. This is going to be an intense few weeks. And this this could be some a real master class on how to, you know, to disarm the Republicans. You know, obviously things could go sideways and go bad, too. I don't think they're going to. I think Biden and the Dems will figure it out. And the final point I'll make to this on this is, remember... You know, the Republican strategy is so cynical. It's like, let's tank the economy, hurt millions of people so that the economy sucks and we can regain power. So remember, everything about the Republicans is destruction, destruction, government sucks, the country's carnage, everything sucks, vote us in and somehow dot, 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 we'll take care of it. But their whole thing is premised on everything sucking. And so their incentive is to just cause damage and destruction. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how Biden and the Dems um, get get around this impasse. So back to, to Biden and his re-election in the long game. It was 100% certain he was running again, despite some people thinking he was too old. And, you know, it was definitely the right call. Yes, if something negatively impacts his health between now and November 24, that could spell trouble. But I think he, he'll he be good He seems robust despite the right-wing lies and propaganda. Yes, he has a stutter. Yes, he's not as strong as he was. My dad is, you know, going on 88. You know, I think Biden right now is 80. You know, I know plenty of 80-year-olds who are completely lucid and fine. They're not, you know, they're not as agile as they were when they were 50. But, you know, I I see nothing in there that he can't live a number of years. He obviously has a good bill of health. He doesn't, you know, knock on wood. Again, he doesn't have cancer or something. You know, he seems good, and and I'm not looking for somebody to have a beer with, right? The fact that I don't hear a lot from him, and he's kind of quiet behind the scenes, that's a plus. And I think that should be a plus for more people. Who gives a shit about how often the president's out in public and stuff? Like, who cares? Again, he's not your friend. He's the president of the United States. He's been an incredibly good president, and I look forward to helping him get reelected. Uh, his re-election intro video was very good. I think it was about three minutes long. I'll link to it in the show notes. Because it's just a really solid video and gave me even more confidence that he's the, the right man for the job here um, for 2024. And as many others have pointed out, this is not, you know, a, a, a new insight from me. He leans very heavy into, in this video into freedom. You know, that Democrats protect freedom. And it is just great to see Democrats no longer conceding freedom to the MAGA fascist coalition. You know, for decades, as almost as long as I've been alive, the Republicans have kind of claimed this mantle, we're the party of freedom, 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 and kind of beaten Democrats and liberals over the head with it. It was always bullshit. Um, But now when they're taking away women's rights, gay rights, they're literally banning books, It's more bullshit than ever. So um, it's great to see him taking that mantle and just, you know, literally ripping it out of the hands of the right. And so anyway, if you haven't seen his video, it's again, it's about three minutes. It's worth a view. Now, of course, we don't know who the Republican challenge is going to be, but it's likely going to be the twice impeached, indicted, treasonous sociopath that for some reason, the Republican Party can't quit. And hmm, what word comes to mind that I might have heard before? Oh, cult. Yeah, right. It's a cult. But anyway, what Biden has an opportunity to do on a number of fronts beyond anything is to just defeat MAGA fascism, right? You know, this is really going to be key. It's just to defeat MAGA fascism. And again, the, the the things that motivate the MAGA fascists, he can't defeat those, but he can at least Defeat the, the this most immediate incarnation of MAGA fascism once and for all, and I want to be clear that America is incredibly fucked up, right? And the system is so rigged against democracy and majority rule, and the Democrats, especially the courts, that Biden can't produce miracles here, right? He can do some profound things, and I think again that first and most obvious is to just deal a real big blow to Trump and magination and put a stake through the heart of this zombie right and you know he can um, you know Biden can be in power when Trump is sent to prison along with his co-conspirators like Mark Meadows and John Eastman and Jeffrey Clark right this will be a huge deal right imagine that Biden wins defeats Trump And, you know, there might be a little nonsense and a little chaos when, you know, Trump tells all his people to revolt, but Biden will be in control of the federal government. That will be crushed. And then, you know, the courts will play out. And, you know, a lot of people are still skeptical that Trump is going to, you know, even get convicted, let alone go to jail. But I think he's going to get convicted and get sent to prison. And Biden being president, when Trump is handcuffed and put in an orange jumpsuit and sent to prison will be hugely important substantively and symbolically, right? And the sedition charges against the Proud Boys last week are a big step in that direction. We now have, you know, the people that Trump directed being charged on civil war charges of sedition, trying to overthrow the United States government. And so we need that official narrative of MAGA to be one of treason, criminality, and ultimately accountability, with all of the leading figures behind bars in jail. And that can happen under Biden's second term. Imagine that. You know, fast forward, it's 2026. And Trump is in jail. The Proud Boys are in jail. Mark Meadows in jail. Jeffrey Crock in jail. Rudy Giuliani in jail. John Eastman in jail. Right, that's going to be a big deal. Now, of course, the right's going to be freaking out. Deep state, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? People are going to take note of that go, wow, the Democrats came in and they cleaned up shop and they locked these motherfuckers up, right? That will severely damage the far right because it will be really the first time in American history showing that corrupt, powerful white people can be held to account and that we don't just turn away and say, oh, the past is the past or, oh, let's heal the nation and move on. No, 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 no. Accountability is how you move on. Not letting people walk free for sedition and plotting a coup and trying to overthrow the government where police officers are beat down and Nazi fucking flags and Confederate flags in the Capitol. That shit needs to be met with maximum punishment. And this is the important first step for building a more stable, lasting democracy going forward. So I think more than anything, just that. Biden defeating Trump and watching as Trump and his minions are indicted and put in jail will be a huge positive for the health of American democracy. So after the break, I will come back more on kind of the, the policy and foreign policy, you know, the domestic policy and foreign policy legacy that Biden can carve out in a second term. Okay, so now moving on to kind of policies that I think Biden can really make big movements on in a second term. I'm going to outline three, two in the domestic sphere and one in foreign policy. And the foreign policy one actually is kind of two pieces. So first, the biggest long term impact Biden can have is on climate. He can really oversee the remaking of the U.S. economy ensuring, you know, electrification, decarbonization, new green energy sources, right? His administration will be in charge of doling out hundreds of billions of dollars. And these are hundreds of billions of dollars from bills he already passed that, that he doesn't need to get new legislation through, right? So his Department of Transportation, his Department of Energy, his, you know, Environmental Protection Agency, will be in charge of doling out these billions and billions of dollars over the entirety of his second term. Because remember, these bills have spending for a decade. They were very smart. They passed a decade's worth of funding in the first two years of the Biden administration so they can sit back and spend it for the next, you know, um, remainder of his first and second term. And having another four full years to implement these policies and make sure they're working is going to be huge. And it will make it impossible to turn the clock back. Now, again, I think the way these policies will struggle, even if a MAGA fascist wins in 24, it will be hard to completely turn back the momentum, but they will give it everything they have. And if they're in charge of these agencies, they can slow down the funding, they can muck up the works, create all kinds of red tape. So it's really important that Biden has the reins. And again, what's so beautiful here is they won't have to pass anything in Congress They'll just already have the money locked in, right? And since so much of this new green economy will be built in red areas, both purposely and just because of that's where a lot of the manufacturing is, it will weaken GOP opposition to the green economy and build a broad coalition. So I think this will probably be his biggest legacy if he gets a second term, is to really oversee this green industrial policy to remake the U.S. economy and help us meet our climate goals. So before moving on to the second point, I wanna address some of the criticism around Biden's approval of the Willow Pipeline Project in Alaska. And so those of you who don't follow, you know, environmental news, a lot of climate news, you might not even know about this, but this was a big deal. It's a big pipeline that's been kind of proposed and in the works for decades and, and environmentalists were just, you know, and climate activists were really you know, urging the Biden administration to not approve that. So he and he did. And they're very upset. And, you know, you have some young people saying, oh, I'm not going to vote for Biden next time. And I'll get to that in a moment. First off, I want to say I was disappointed with the decision, but I'm not super angry. Right. The first off kind of comes to my first point here, which is that Biden has done more on climate than every other president in U.S. history combined. And that includes Obama. Right. So here's a quote from a friend who works um, in D.C. politics. And this is from his friend. You know, so it's a, it's a couple a couple, um, you know, degrees of, uh, of separation here. But basically, I think this sums up the thinking amongst kind of Democratic operatives in, in Washington, which is. And again, this is a direct quote. Biden can't undercut, undercut the new Democratic U.S. representative uh po- the first indigenous representative from Alaska. And the project, the Willow Project, has support from part of the indigenous community because oil and gas jobs bring revenue to distant communities that have few other professional opportunities. People want to protect the planet and climate, but they also want jobs. Also, he, Biden, doesn't want to undercut Senator Murkowski, who can be a real ally to him in a potential second term, especially if Dems lose the Senate. This is raw politics on display. People don't see it, but Biden is in full 2024 mode, right? And so again, I think I think this person who I don't know, cuz again, it's a friend of a friend, is right. Right? This wasn't a case where all Democrats opposed the Willow project, right? Um, again, the first Democratic, you know, representative in Alaska in a long time and it's a native, you know, woman and she was for it, right? And if Dems lose the Senate in 2024, Having Murkowski on Biden's side could be beneficial, right? Whether she actually would help him, I would need to see to believe. But I get the logic, so I think it's fair to be mad at Biden for his decision, but not overt, overly so. And it's likely if he blocked the project, he would have lost in court. So then it would have ended up being a lose-lose. And I think that's really why he did it, right? If he, if he had you know, upset the Democratic representative, upset Murkowski, and then lost in court, yeah, he would have made the, you know, the climate activists happy that he had opposed it, but he loses political support, the project goes ahead anyway, and I think he made the right choice. right? And this brings me to my second point, which will likely be Biden's ability to shake the courts. He's putting the most diverse and progressive group of judges on the federal bench of any president ever, Ever. And this won't necessarily have immediate impacts because of the corrupt 6 3 right wing majority, but it will still have a big impact down the line. Now, a lot of this continuing will depend on whether the Dems keep the Senate in 24, and if they do lose it, whether they can win it back in 26. So we get to those last two years. Now, this will be tough, but it's doable. And maybe also if they get 49 murkowski would help if needed and be a a republican vote on certain judges so that he at least could get some through also maybe dems will get lucky and thomas or some other right-wing nut job will die during biden's second term and he can you know get another supreme court justice and help move the court back to sanity right i doubt that biden will get the numbers in the senate to do the major reforms that are necessary like expand the judiciary but who knows You know, either way, he'll have a big impact on the, you know, on the judges and in a very positive way. Moving on to my third point, this relates to the foreign policy front. Obviously, a Biden second term will have huge implications for Ukraine since Trump is a Putin stooge and would greatly weaken the Western alliance and NATO. If Ukraine can claim victory during a second Biden term, that would be incredible, right? I mean, imagine... You know, Zelensky and Biden together having defeated Russia. I mean, wow, that would be amazing. A huge victory for democracy in the West. Biden's also going to have a huge opportunity to take, you know, let his China policy play out and see if he can strike that balance between constructive engagement on climate, AI and other things while protecting Taiwan and thwarting some of Chinese, you know, more nefarious ambitions. I'm less sure of this piece, but it will be fascinating to watch play out, and it will have very large long-term implications, too. Now, of course, there are also dozens of areas where Biden can have big impacts for four more years on everything from guns, immigration, healthcare, drug pricing, etc. But a lot of that will depend on Congress, and that's an added layer of unpredictability that I don't want to get at. What I've outlined so far is largely what he can do solely within the executive branch, Without any help from Congress, aside, of course, from the judges, which will require at least 50 um, Democrats in the Senate for at least a part of his second term, right? Even if, you know, it's not the whole four years, if he had it for two years of that four, that would be great. So not only does defeating Trump prevent fascism in America, but there are huge progressive victories in store if Biden wins again. So I'll come back with the antidote right after the break. Tchau Okay, so today's antidote is going to be short. I urge everyone to enthusiastically support Biden. Not just because we need to defeat MAGA fascism, because he's doing great stuff and deserves it. Forget about his age and all the nonsense about his mental state. You're not going to have a beer with him, and he's surrounded by outstanding people. He's the person we need to bury MAGA and create some distance from this dark period of American history. In 2028, we'll have another opportunity to go in a new direction. And I'm very confident the Democrats are gonna go with someone young, diverse, hopefully a woman. So again, let's get Biden over the finish line, put a stake through the heart of MAGA fascism, you know, continue on this transition of the green economy, get some new judges, and I think we'll be in good shape. So don't let anyone, you know you know, kind of bully you or convince you, oh, Biden's too old, he's senile, he he did the Willow Project, he sucks, right? That's all bullshit. Think of the long game. Think of all the great stuff he's done. And again, this isn't a personality contest, right? This is the leader of the United States of America. We want competency. Biden has absolutely demonstrated that on just about every front, and he deserves to be reelected. So with that, everybody, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, please share it with family, friends, and colleagues. Rate it. Subscribe on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or Amazon Music. And with that, everybody, I hope you have a great rest of the week. Take care. Be well.